This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Loudoun County Parks, Recreation and Community Services is hosting Loco Kids Fest on Monday, September 5th, Labor Day Monday, at the Sagra Field parking lots in Leesburg, Virginia, from 12 to 5 p.m. This event is free to all, with games, music, food for purchase, interactive activities, and fun for the whole family. Don't miss the Loco Kids Fest. Learn more at loudoun.gov/prcs/events. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Today, I'm joined by a usual co-host. I've got Neil with me today. How you doing, mate? How you going, mate? Not bad. And I've also got Mickey. How you, mate? You're right. Not too bad, fella. Not too bad at all. I thought I'd get it in early, mate. Your decisions have chips with curry the other night. I was telling me about that. I was thinking, fuck me. What? What are wrong with it, Neil? Let's get in early. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I tell you what, chips and curry, totally, totally get wrong. Get a bowl going Indian. We're gonna leave you to eat among your own, mate. I was debating when to fit this in, but I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go straight in. Mickey gets a bowl of chips of his curry at the curry house. I mean, what? Okay, I'm right. Leave us a comment. Yeah, but leave us a comment on Twitter. Is Mickey wrong? Listen, listen. Will you shut the fuck up and listen? Right? 
What I said was, you lot going on about paler rice, this, that, and the other. I don't eat the rice at the curry house, mate. I, I, I'm, I'd never have. So I have either a, a madras with extra green chilli, a vindaloo, or a fowl, and I'll have it with uh, a chilli and garlic naan bread, and I'll have it with a plate of chips on the side. And nine times out of ten, all the people who moan about chips will end up fucking, oh, I'll have one of them. Oh, that goes really well. That goes really well. So it's not as if I just fucking pour a plate of chips on my plate and throw a curry on top of it. The chips are there, mate. And I use the naan bread to eat my curry. And you know what? Once you boys can't even touch the temperature of my curry. Why don't you just shut the fuck up and eat your fucking anti-pepper one? Do you know what I mean? So question of the podcast. What's your curry order? Get in touch on the Twitter handle and um, we'll do a little poll going. I'm going to get a poll going with the show. Is Mickey wrong for having chips with his curry in the curry house? <laughs> If he's in the middle cafe and he's having chips and curry, I'll, I'll give him that. But if he's if he's no, having no, it, no, if he's having it in the curry house, <laughs> only in a proper proper curry house, mate. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and let's talk about the football, anyway, guys. Obviously, we got a one-one draw last night or yesterday at home to Nottingham Forest. I think another positive performance. I felt like personally, you know, obviously we was unlucky. We got one 0 up through Bradshaw in the second half. Took his goal very well. A shout out Budvarton because it was superb in the build up to that. And then, unfortunately for us, a long ball over the top. And Mikeson for Nottingham Forest scores his first ever senior goal for Nottingham Forest and makes it 1-1. I mean, the stats, if you talk about statistics in football, we should have won the game comfortably. I think they only had four shots, one of them on target. We tested the keeper five times, 15 shots, loads of corners. It was a good mill performance, considering the last couple of games before that weren't too great. So, yeah, I mean, Neil, what's your initial thoughts after the game yesterday? bit disappointed we drew, actually. Uh, very good performance, as you said. Everybody was playing. F- yeah, was playing for the shirt. Uh, good goal by Bradshaw. Fantastic to see him in some in some kind of run of form. Bavardson, like Forrest Gump on speed, was here, there, and everywhere. One of superb performance from him. Uh, generally an all-round solid display. I thought the, the only disappointing things were that, A, we didn't win, and B, the goal that we conceded, I think it was a long, it was a long oof over the top. Uh, Cooper looked, uh, looked and left the ball, and, uh, and Hutchinson just, just wasn't anywhere near it, was he? Or was it the other way around? But it was a pretty poor goal to concede. I thought they out, yeah, they outdid Millwall, Millwall, didn't they? I feel like we backed ourselves to line up with. They only had one attacker in Grabben, and they had a couple of wingers getting involved. We kind of backed ourselves that Cooper and Hutchinson at the back could deal with that threat. Unfortunately for us, they didn't for that one opportunity. Really, I think for the most of the game, otherwise, it was a good solid defensive display as well. And. That's the unfortunate part with it. You know, we didn't really let many shots on goal. And then unfortunately for us, the one shot we did let in on target was a goal. So I think that would be an overlying disappointment for Gary Rowett. And we'll have to see, obviously, how he feels about that. I mean, Mickey, what are you thinking, obviously, after the game yesterday, mate? To be fair to you, I, uh, I've seen the goal and it was a good goal by Bradshaw and good at two and two for him and he should be playing every game. Their goal... Um, I fucking completely fucking didn't see because I was posting our goal on, on social. Um and then the second half, thanks to Boris, Boris coming on. Unfortunately, I listened to the second half on iFollow uh, on audio. And uh, I have to say, it's quite good listening to it on audio. Cole's voice is, is a lot better than watching it on uh, on iFollow on the screen. But yeah, unfortunately, just to please some of you, I, I saw 
bits and pieces of the second half, but not all of it. But as I agree with Neil, really, we shouldn't have fucking lost that. Um, one thing I did, one thing I did pick up on was it me or was grabbing just didn't look the same player. He looks different, doesn't he? A little bit. I think he's tired. Yeah, he's only played a lot of games recently. I think him and Taylor, who came on the second half, the old Charlton boy, they kind of swapped a lot of games between each other. So, I don't know. I think he's kind of almost at the twilight of his career, maybe. So, he's been around for a few years now, hasn't he? So, he's been quite as to deceive, really, I think, especially at championship level. You get bad games out of him. And you get to bad games out of him. I know that Mickey's going to go into a rant now, isn't he? No, no. It's just normally he's he's the one to to bank on that he'll always fuck us over when he comes and plays us he'll either score a goal or do something you know but yesterday he just didn't seem the normal handful what he normally was I think he's 32 years old now so he's definitely on the verge of going to the you know twilight of his career so to speak so maybe he's lucky still be at Forest in that fact I agree with you his effect wasn't that great but I think the whole team for Nottingham Forest wasn't that impressive so which surprises me because even before the game Saturday I, I know obviously we had like we were talking about it on the Friday show where you know, they've got a few championship experienced players, but they just didn't really have much about them, I don't think. So it'd be interesting to see how Chris Hewton can turn their ship and kind of stop them from having a relegation battle this year, which is obviously a difference to what they were doing last season when they almost got into playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, more things we want to talk about the game. Let's talk about Bod Fartison, Neil. He looked like he had his wheat a bit yesterday morning, I said on Twitter. What was he about? I mean, the energy and performance, I think we'll talk about the team in a bit, but I just want to shout out Bod Fartison because he's obviously gone come back from adversity, really, hasn't he? Mate, I think, yeah, yeah, I think we've all been critical of Bavardson at some point in this season. Probably me, mo- yeah, worse than most on here. Uh, yesterday, they played him up front. Yeah, they played him in the number nine role, didn't they? And he was, he was chasing, harrying. He won a few balls in the air. He held it up to bring Bradshaw into the game. Mate, it was an absolutely fucking magnificent performance from him. You, you cannot criticise that boy yesterday for his effort. They've somehow got him playing. It's absolutely fantastic. OK, he isn't the most threatening player in front of goal, but if he plays in that position and does those kind of things, he doesn't need to be. He can bring it, He can bring others into the game. He can bring likes of Bennett that can score into the game. He can bring Parrot, hopefully, into a game. He can bring uh, Bradshaw into the game. He, 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 he looked like an international player yesterday. I've got to be honest. I think- and you can see why he's actually won so many caps as he has, because he was absolutely fantastic. He seems to have just got an extra yard of pace suddenly overnight. I think, obviously, Bristol City was a good performance. The team, you know, but we're playing from the front. And I saw, like, people online comparing it to Morrison and Gregory, the partnership they had in their pomp, so to speak, in League One. I wouldn't go as far as that to say that's the case. But you can definitely see with Bradshaw and Bodfartson, there's just energy. And you're right, Neil, like, you know, they can cause havoc up front. And they don't have to be the, bo- the best in front of goal. Fortunately for Bradshaw, he's got two and two again. He seems to be a player that always scores in runs and that's no different at the moment, which is great. But I think as long as they cause havoc up top, you saw it with Bud Farson in the second half. I think he teed up Jed Wallace with a nice slip ball through to the right side of the box for him. And I mean, Jed should have tucked that away, shouldn't he, Neil? Absolutely. Absolutely should have finished that. And yeah, it's what we've been saying for ages. If you put the ball into the box, put the ball into the six-yard box... 
you stand a chance of finishing. And Bradshaw's goal yesterday was a classic, put the ball onto the edge of the six-yard box and let the centre-forward score a goal. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I think it was Jed Wallace, wasn't it, that created it, drove straight at the heart of the defence, got to the byline or near the byline and pulled the ball back and away we go. It's actually Bluffartum, by the way, which actually surprised me as well. So, because otherwise people will fact check us on it. So I thought I'll fact check it now. It was actually Bluffartum, which is scary. And I mean, that's it, like... I've watched him play like for a year and a half now for Mill, and my criticism of him, he's always been playing in slow motion, I felt like, but he's obviously done something right in the last couple of games and obviously he's been fired up a bit by the criticism, I imagine. So, yeah, I mean, good on him, to be fair. I mean, Mickey, playing 4-4-2 at Millwall seems to always work, doesn't it, mate? It does, mate. It does. It, it works. And, and Daddy's just come on form now, hasn't he? He's just found his found his legs and his um yeah no he's on form. I mean I couldn't get to see him all play. I mean listening to it on commentary, but he's on form, mate. Um and whatever it is, it's working, and we need to keep it going for now. Something yeah. actually reminds me of a game at the end of last season where he scored two goals. I can't remember the game. Was it QPR? Maybe or Huddersfield at home? Maybe yeah, Huddersfield at home. And we wondered where that Bavardson had been all season, if you remember. And uh, that was the same as the last couple of games, mate. He, he, he looks a very, very, very good player. And we just need to get a little bit of consistency out of him. How we get that consistency out of him, I don't know. But we've got to find a way of doing it. And if we do, good times ahead. Let's be fair, like, obviously, he's very limited in what he offers to us, unfortunately, in a case that he's not scored goals. And the one goal he has scored this season is debatable whether actually it was his goal or not. So, but obviously, if he puts the effort in, like we've said before in the past, and he can turn him from a five out of 10 player to a seven out of 10 player, which is exactly what he's doing at the moment. If anything, he was a nine out of 10 player yesterday. If I had to do a player ratings, I think he was instrumental in everything we've done going forward, which is superb. Obviously, Leonard and Williams continued in the middle nil. I think the pair of them seems to have kind of got a little knack going. I mean, Leonard got booked again, but I think that's down to the referee, which we'll talk about in a sec, because Coy was card happy. But it was a good performance all round, even in the middle as well. I'll tell you what, well, a foot either side for Ryan Leonard, and we'd be sat here talking about what a magnificent last-minute winner. It's just, we, the midfield looks totally, totally different without Ryan Woods in there. That's not to... Yeah, but that's not to criticise Ryan Woods. Yeah, but yeah, but in any way, shape, or form, because I think we do a bit too much. Though, well, I do a bit too much for that. But we're looking a different team. Williams, yeah, Williams has just been absolutely fantastic in those last couple of games, and the partnership he's developed with, yeah, with Leonard, it, it, it's paying dividends. And Leonard's starting to look like a player that he ought to look. Because we paid what one and three quarter million quid for him, didn't we? So he's obviously not a bad player, and he's starting to show it. It's solid. It, 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 it's great to come on here on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning or Friday morning or whatever, and we're well, we're still smiling. It's positivity. We haven't had that for ten games. The only thing is, we need to start turning these draws into the wins, simply, and then. And then we'll. F- I don't think we're going to look at the playoffs now, are we? Let's be honest. We, I think, I, I, we need an extraordinary run for that. But we're looking solid, and that's all you ever want as a Millwall fan is just for us to look a bit solid. 
after Middlesbrough last Saturday, if you told me that we would get in a couple of performances we have done this week, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was against adversity. Like I don't know where we was going to go from Saturday, and it was a proper two-edged sword in the way that, you know, if you're going to go left or right here in this sense, and fortunately for us, the form has turned a little bit, and it's not even the results. The results are obviously important, but I could take us losing 1-0, but putting in performance where we should have won or we should have done this, because at least that way you've got something to hold on to. Whereas when we looked at the Middlesbrough game, it was just flat, nothing there, nothing looked promising. The only bright spot was a youth player coming off the bench. And even then, that was quite limited in its sense because, you know, we're not, we shouldn't be putting our hopes on a young player. But whatever's happened during training or whatever's happened between the Bristol City game and Middlesbrough game is paid off. And fortunately for us, we're not looking down as much at the moment. We're eight points behind Middlesbrough and six, if you want to talk about the playoffs. We're also nine points in front of Derby, who have a game in hand because their game got called off yesterday at Rotherham. So, I mean, you know, it, it's it's mid-table, it's mid-table obscurity, which is the minimum, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, but let's be honest. Yeah, well, we say it all the time. Yeah, with Millwall, we just expect a Millwall performance. We just expect a little bit of effort from them players, yeah? We don't expect them to be pulling up trees and whatever else. Uh, you just want a good, honest performance. And if you lose that 1-0 or you lose that 2-0, but you've tried, I can live with that. What I can't live with is that dross they turned out at Middlesbrough last week. It was just absolutely fucking shocking. It really was. But the last two games, yeah, you're right. I think the formation has changed. I think he probably... I think he probably gave a few of the air dryer treatment, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, after that Middlesbrough game, I, I tell you what, that must have been an awful journey back on that team, coach, because I can imagine the manager wasn't happy. And we've turned it around when we needed to, because, but let's face it, we've got two horrendous games coming up in the next 10 days now that Watford have sacked their manager. Yeah, well, that's going to spark a revival of form. That Bournemouth side is virtually the team they had in the Premier League last year. And they're absolutely spanking teams down there, aren't they? So we needed a couple of good performances to give ourselves a little bit of a boost. And I think we've done that in the last couple of games. Absolutely. And it's just, it's good, isn't it? I mean, that's it. Like, you know, we changed to the back four. We've, you know, Murray Wallace is another positive at left back coming in for Scott Malone, who wasn't even on the bench yesterday, I don't believe. So I'm not sure if there's something to read into that one. But, you know, like, it's just, it's Millwall performances, Millwall players coming into the fray and just kind of, you know, backed against the wall, turning up and doing the business. So and I agree with you about Leonard as well, Neil. Like, you know, he, he was unlucky yesterday, but I don't know what it is with Leonard. But when we had them couple of games in front of fans at home, he was shocking. I don't think he could play in front of Millwall fans. Yeah, well, they're pretty quick to get on his back, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, let's face it. So it's almost a bit of a relief. But how great was it to see Murray Wallace yesterday attack that header? Yeah, was it in the first half where he just launched himself at that ball and hurt himself? But can you imagine if there was 12,000 Millwall fans in that ground? Sorry, I don't I don't mean to bring that sore subjects up with you, mate. But, <laughs> but, but the place would have fucking erupted. I mean, it, that is what you want from a Millwall player. That's it. Millwall character. Everything at it. It's got a Scottish left-sided centre-half that's playing at left-back who 
won't give you a lot going forward, but I'll tell you what, he will give you six out of 10 every game. And that's exactly what we needed at the moment. No kind of chance of a four out of 10 or three out of 10 performance <clears throat> and letting the side down. No, he's, he's an ever steady, reliable head there. And I think he's complimented that coming back into the side. And Bennett seems to have picked up form, obviously. Great goal last week. And he looks a bit lively yesterday. I think just what I've noticed the most is I saw a stat the other day. I'm going to get on my Twitter right now because I retweeted it. It was tweeted by an EFL stats account. And the stats from the midweek game last week, we were second in the league for the most dribbles out of all the games that game uh, that day. So if you look at the statistics as a whole, you've got Blackburn, Millwall, Reading, all in the top three there. We got 12 dribbles in the game. And I feel like that's a notable difference where we're actually grabbing the ball and we're running with intent. We're running forwards. It's not give the ball to someone and hope he does something with it and play a pass trying to play safe. It's, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to run forward. I'm going to make something happen. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think they've probably been told, look, you've got to take ownership of this. You've got to do it. You've got to, you need a more complete performance. And yeah, well, that's showing I'm not a great believer in these stats. Um, yeah, well, I'm too old school. I'm a bit like Mickey, who's now rejoined us. Uh, but they are. And well, that's how you score goals, is you pick up the ball, you run with it, and then you find somebody. You don't look to find yeah, you don't look to pass to somebody and then and then just hope they do something with it. You've got to do something with the ball and that's what they've been doing. Can I ask a question there? Of course. Right. Is it because everything was going on with COVID, all of this where everything's all I mean obviously I cough. I'm sorry about that dodgy broadband, but yeah, I've gone on to 3G now. Um or 4G even. Um is it because of commercially if they're getting ruined in the papers and we're playing shit? Is it commercially that it doesn't it doesn't work for us? So ideally, what they need is the team to perform in if we're getting bad publicity, so that at least then commercially there's still a value to the club. You mean the players? Yeah, as in if the team's playing well, then you've still got commercial value. If the team's doing shit and you're being ruined in the papers, then potentially your commercial value is is just dropped off the face of the earth. Well, I think that's important, obviously, for the club, but. I don't know if it's a deliberate intention then to try and change the style of play to get their value up. I think it's more so just to get the out of the running results. But you're definitely right there, Mickey, where like if a player's playing well, he's suddenly worth an extra couple of million if it was Jed Wallace, for not, example. Not yeah, no, not not so much as on the players as such, as in like value to the club and also how many of those players are up for contract negotiations next year. And if they're playing shit, is it gonna damage them? Yeah, well, that's what I believe in, actually. I think we've got a lot of players out of contract at the end of the season. Um, yeah. Picture this. You're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to monday.com. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. 
you would have said two or three weeks ago, clear them all out, wouldn't you? You know, maybe they are starting contract negotiations and that the agents have told them to pull their fingers out and to uh, and to get on with it. Yeah, there might be something in that. I thought it might be something is look, look at maybe get, see if we can find a couple of agents and, and actually ask them, you know, when do contract negotiations, you know, yeah, start? But they must start six months. months yeah, they year before. to that now. Yeah, but it's almost at any point. It's up to a club when they want to, yeah, well, how quickly they want to do their business, yeah? Some clubs are, some clubs are quite happy to let it go until after Christmas. I think Andy Ambler was always quite, quite happy to let it go late wasn't he and some clubs actually prefer to get their business done early so they know what they're dealing with later in the season I think if yeah. you're competing in mid-table and you're not sure if it's going to go down or up you don't want to commit to giving Jake Cooper or Jed Wallace a five-year deal with the chance that you'll be paying them top dollar in League One I think that's a lot of it to it as well yeah but most of it has there's um there's relegation clauses I think Millwall had a relegation clause when they looked to go down before, when they signed people like, you know, you're, you're dropped 25% or 30%. But wages. even then, this because there's a lot of restrictions there. I think if you look at David Ford, for example, he was in League One and we was when we got relegated, but we loaned him out to Portsmouth because we couldn't afford to shift his wages off the bill. That's the reality of it. Like, he was probably on top dollar at the time and one of the highest earners, but we loaned him out to League Two Pompey and paid half his wages. Yeah, a lot of clubs do have relegation clauses in contracts where they do take a hit. Yeah, well, that's generally only the clubs that think they are going to go mm-hmm. down or that think it could happen. I suspect that we're probably one of those clubs because we've got enough debt, haven't we? And we lose enough every year. So we're not going to want to pay, uh, for instance, Tom Bradshaw 15 K a week in League One, are we? Let's face it. That's it. Like I think even with the wage drop, if you was to say have that, say Jed, you offered them a new deal at 20 grand a week, hypothetically, and we was in the playoffs at Christmas, and then suddenly we got relegated come the end of the year, take 25% off that, he's still paying 15 grand a week in League One, which is obviously an extortionate amount. So I'm not sure exactly on the clauses or anything or the FSAT numbers, but I think a lot of it in football, especially at the Championship and League One level, is if you're going to get relegated or there's a chance you get relegated, they put off renewing a lot of contracts. So, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think the main talking point for me is, is something that we can talk about now is what's going to happen in January. I think it's quite obvious that these two games have bought Rarit till at least the new year, if there was ever any doubt, because we're not a sacking club anyway. And I don't think he would have left even if we was winless until the new year, but it's obviously given him a little bit of a buffer. It's obvious the, the lack of quality up front. He was saying that after the game yesterday, you know, we, we're not taking our chances. He's going to have to go into the market and get rid of some players and bring some new players in, isn't he? I would have thought that he will have a list of play. Yeah, but I think he said that some people will go, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So I, I would suggest that he'd probably try. Yeah, but it's obvious if he's going to try and get rid of Skalak. He's out of contract at the end of the season. So he only comes in and fits and starts and things like that, doesn't he? So he'd be quite happy to get his wage bill off. And I think he said that he wants to bring some people in. It's a question can he bring people in? That's the thing. You, you you want players that are going to improve you, and those players are hard to find unless you go shopping in the reserve in yeah, in reserve teams, and you don't want to bring in another derby reserve, do you? And things like that. You want people that 
are going to improve your side. And, and a lot of teams don't want to lose their better players at this time of year. Personally, I'd like to see him go for Luke Shepcott at Plymouth. Where do you... That's, that's, that's a southwest little coop there from you, is it? <laughs> Mate, he's a fantastic goal scorer. He really is. Welsh under-21 international. You could probably pick him up for 250 half a million quid and have a sell on. Fantastic little player. That's, that is the type of player that we ought to be going for. Somebody that we can bring in cheapish and that they that we can improve and that there'll be a sell-on value in if he's good enough in a few years time that was my next question to you really i think you know like it's both of you like where is this area that needs to be strengthened without setting the obvious i think it has to be the fourth line it has to be a goal scorer but they don't come cheap and you're right in saying you know you're probably better off taking someone from an obscure territory or someone that's not really hit the radar yet but it's hard to pluck out them people isn't it I mean Mickey it's got to be a forward isn't it but what would you be thinking is a weakness in our side we've got Matt Smith there who's obviously a target man just we need a goal scorer don't we Mickey we need a proven goal scorer but the trouble is they come with money mm-hmm. um, to me I would look at the guys we've got sitting in in the reserve well sitting in the under 23s and stuff like that and start trying to bring these players through because they are there and they're prolific in the under-23s, feed them in properly, are they going to work? Then, you know, there's a chance. Look at um, Tyler, he's, he's coming on. He's looking good when he plays. Um, and surely we must have the strikers um, there. What's his name? He was on the bench yesterday, wasn't he? Um, Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. Yeah, well, George Alexander would have been another one. They could have put him on. Well, that's it, but... Yes, yeah, he has a left-back, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, it's not. Who's the other? It's uh, Isaac, isn't it? Isaac got, is the other strike. Yeah, you've got Isaac Oluffy, who's at uh, Sutton United on loan there at the moment. But I think we need to look at the youth. But the trouble is with Millwall, they don't, unless it's changed recently, but they don't scout overseas. Yeah, well, um, we've said that, haven't we, in the past? Why yeah. not? Yeah, why not look in France? France why or Germany? Belgium. Germany, the lower divisions there, because there are bargains to be had. I think Brentford have proven that. If you, yeah, if you look hard enough and you look in the right places, you can um, you, you you can you you can find some right good gems there. And yeah, well we've said it. Yeah, we were talking about it early, well earlier in the season, Mick, weren't we? That tap into that kind of thing would be fantastic, but we just don't do it. We've never actually looked overseas, really, ever as a club. We've never really been. Same with Scotland and stuff like that. I mean, you've got people all over the way. I mean, you've got Brian King over in, who used to be a scout for a lot of the big teams, who's um, sitting in Norway. There's got to be half-decent players in Norway. There's got to be half-decent players, you know, all over what we're not having any idea. Or buy a player for, you know, a couple of hundred thousand pounds, train them, breed them up, bring them up, um, and then hopefully sell them for a million, two million later on in the you know, later on in their career, that's we need to look at making money from those sort of things. But are we, are we set up as a system? Don't know, mate. And that's the, you know, how much would it cost to be able to make sure you've got an absolute class A academy um, training system? So what do you, you know, how much the investment to everything else is obviously always the the draw, isn't it? Who do we think it was our last player that we signed from abroad? Do you reckon who sticks in the mind as the last foreign player that we signed? Uh, Skalak 
Scalak was from well, he's a foreign player. He is obviously from the Republic. But yeah, well, yeah, I reckon foreign player. I reckon it was Mailhofer. Oh, good shout. That probably was the last one, wasn't it? For... I Correct, I reckon he's, he's nailed it there, isn't he? Yeah, I would have gone further back. I forgot about my offer. I, I was going to go Paul Huberts. That's who I was going to go for. That's the name I was thinking of. Because you had Fangero, the Portuguese forward, didn't we, the year we went down. The year we was in League One, we had Paul Huberts and Darren Byfield up top. That was like the inner memory of my head. And then, yeah, you're right. Probably my offer smashed it. Well done, Neil. Damn. Well, I mean, you, if you know, get in touch on socials and yeah. let us know. Little quiz. Yeah. There's a few quizzes today, isn't there? Fucking take the piss out of me. Take the piss out of Neil. Oh <laughs> yeah. All no. we need to do is is uh, take the piss out of Omar now. We can't get laid because of uh, Boris. Wow. Jeez. Let's move on from that one. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about socials, check out our um, Twitter competition we're doing for Brit Hot Brew Company, where we're giving away a crate of beer, aren't we, Mickey? So check that out. Retweet it. Obviously, get involved. Um, yeah. Good beer, isn't it, Mickey? So I mean, also they're sponsoring yeah. us on our Into the Lions Den series, ain't they? Yep, and um, and also just make sure you're following the socials. Make sure if you've um, not done it yet, go over to the YouTube, start subscribing to there because uh, come January, we're going to be doing more content on YouTube um, and obviously you'll get straight to it. Make sure you're subscribing on the on the pods um, so they come straight to your, your inbox. And um, yeah, just really make sure you're following us across all socials because um, 2021, I think we've got some uh, new content and new stuff being planned. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for us. Nearly one year, nearly end of January, we would have been doing this a year. Um, and even then, it wasn't even full-time, were it? I think we probably... No, started, the, the memory in my head is probably June, oh. July, isn't it, when the football yeah. first came back, when we first got into it. So, it's been about six solid months of it and loving every minute of it so far. And obviously, interactions, numbers growing, is always refreshing to see. So, thanks to everyone that's tuning in, really. I think... We're also doing quite active on the socials. We're, talk, we're talking about the hot topic this morning of uh, refunds. A few of the show who's come on the show a couple of times, Phil, uh, putting out about any communication from the club. We've drummed on the bay about a few times. I still haven't had my refund. I did chase in October and still nothing. So I think that says it all really, doesn't it? You know, we're still waiting for that refund. And it's not essential, don't get me wrong, but it's gone on for nine months now, Neil. <laughs> nine months. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you what, yeah. The club deserves some legals on this. I'm not a big fan of legal action and this, that and the other, but they really are extracting the mickey out of people, aren't they? They really are taking the piss. Well, I just don't think threatening legal action is is one thing. I think it sounds a bit fucking Hannibal. Um, But uh, I think... Yeah, well, you ain't getting your money mixed, so what are you going to no, do? No, but I think what's happening is, is that what Phil's, I think what Phil's doing is the right way is, is class action everyone together and pile a bit of pressure. When you suddenly got, you know, maybe 20, 30 grand's worth of money outstanding to a load of people, you just say, oi, and put pressure that way. Um, I think the legal option would be the last result um, because it's just, it is what it is. But no, look, I, I agree with what you're doing. I think, Omar, what you should do is get in touch with Phil and jump on his bandwagon with him and then we'll be able to announce it when everyone's been paid then, because you'll get your money too. Fingers crossed. I mean, who knows? It's, it's all up in the air at this point. And to most of you, it's almost Christmas. We're going to have a shit Christmas as it is now for everyone. But, you know, it's just, it's, it is a bit of a madness. And obviously we'll now go back into tier four, but there's even been anyone working at the club at the moment. Probably not. So, yeah, it's just one of those things, I think, at the moment. So it's a broken record. Is there anything else you boys want to put into the show today that we want to talk about? Yeah, how bad was the referee yesterday? Good question. It was a cunt. 
It's all, we always get cunt referees. There's no difference. There's no point fucking really giving them any air. They're shit. Um, you know, I mean, I know a couple of referees what I might look at trying to get on a show in January just to see how bad their decisions were. But that's shit. Um, I think it's... Let, let's throw that one out there. It's all part of the FA conspiracy, mate, for us not to go into the Premiership. Five bookings in a 14-minute period in, in the first half yesterday. Ridiculous, no, wasn't it? It was mental. Happy. Yeah, but it was card happy. And you can count on your hand... How or well, one finger? How many of them were actually fully deserved? Yeah, they were. They were for silly things. I think. Yeah, was it Romeo? Did he go through the back of somebody and get booked? Yeah, I think that Who was. Are? Yeah, but that was deserved. I think. Uh, but the rest of them, and I, they were just for silly little tackles. And then, how in the hell did he miss that handball? It was. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, but the guy tried to move his arm out the way of the ball, but he knew what he was doing. He, he knew where the shot was going, and he moved his arm and he made contact with the ball. To me, that is a clear penalty, and it happened three times at Blackburn, where we were denied three penalties. And I'm not one for blaming referees, to be honest with you, because I think you should look at yourselves rather than what a referee does. But yesterday, that was a clear-cut stonewall penalty. And we have three of them at Blackburn. Not one, not two. Jurgen Klopp and uh, I see Scott Parker's whinging in the paper this morning about a penalty that was given yesterday and, and the player sent off. Christ almighty, you cunt. Come down here and see what we put up with week in, week out. Um. Believable, and I've got a theory that the referee didn't give a penalty yesterday because he was too far behind playing, couldn't see anything. If you looked at the game, he was actually running into camera shot every time he was given a bloody decision. So, sorry, Mick. I absolutely agree with that. I think he was he was too far off the play to actually see it. And I think where he's running, his head was down a bit. He weren't necessarily looking forward. And I think that's what fucked it there. That you know, any any other one, realistically, though, that's where the lines that's where the linemen should come in and say, actually, yeah, that's definitely a blatant handball. But Yeah, but know. they're told yeah, but they're told not to take stuff on the far side of the penalty area. You know, in their pre match instructions. And the Lino might have had five or six players in between him and the ball. I think I think VAR yesterday, if if we had VAR in the championship, and the, well, that's not a VAR in the championship because that's all yeah, but that's a whole new can of worms, isn't it? There's another poll. There's another Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah. You see my Twitter poll that I put on my handle. I was going to announce it at the end of the show. No, go on. Bowl of chips with a curry at the curry house. 35%, go on then. 65%, what a wrong in. So there you go. I think consensus is quite <laughs> obvious there. <laughs> and I think the other thing we've got to take out of yesterday is how bad was the pitch? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's this time of year, isn't it? I think that's quite no, typical of the, the time pitch, of year. The underground system in the pitch has been fucked for a year because obviously if it weren't for COVID, we would have had we would have had the pitch in April for the Wonderwall Cup or May for the Wonderwall Cup. And we weren't getting it this year. We knew last year we weren't getting it because they were having all the underground soil, all the sides have to be dug up, all the whole new pipe work has to be redone. It's costed a fortune, but they're having that all redone. And the problem is, is that it's going to take 13 weeks. So because of that, um, we weren't going to get the pitch. So because that ain't been done, there's no underground drainage and heating at the minute. So the ground's fucked. 
Um, so really, they want COVID and the season to end so that then they can obviously have a big period in between so that they can get all this done. But if I can't get it done during next season break, then it's going to go again and the pitch is just going to get worse. It's going to become a mud pit. Yeah, but it looks like a Sunday morning pitch, to be quite frank. You see SE Dons on a, on a YouTube and they play on those kind of pitches, don't they? It's, it's, yeah, a, no. real, real, it's a real, real throwback. And no, I, wonder, I wonder if that comes into the way that we play football, if we can't really play decent football on that surface because, yeah, once you look close up at it, that pitch has never been that great, though, has it, up and down the years? Well, Let's be frank about it, even well, though be- we do spend a bit of money on it, and there is money, apparently, to spend on it, but we can't because, obviously, the short, close season and whatever else. There is a there is a groundsman who, um, who follows us, who I'm looking to do a show with um, for about the charity, what he works, because he helps out homeless people, feeding them and stuff like that, and it's something what... Um, we obviously got a platform we want to give him a bit for. So maybe when we get him on, we can um, we can have a chat to him about, you know, how hard is it to, to be a groundsman? Um, and obviously the work and everything else and what affects it and all that. So, you know, we, we don't know the ins and outs of it, but hopefully he'll be able to give us a bit of an insight. So on a future show, we'll definitely look at, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of being a groundsman. Anything else you boys want to add? Apart from wishing everyone a good Christmas, all our listeners. Happy Christmas. Enjoy Christmas. Get fat, eat turkey, all that. And remember, uh, if you're in tier four, you're fucked. And we can't go anywhere. So, uh, yeah, but no doubt we're uh, being locked down until at least, uh, what, September, I reckon. (laughs) It'll be our last recording today anyway. We've got a show going out on Wednesday, which is another into the Lions Den that's already been recorded. So, Are we going to announce who that is or are we going to announce it the day before? Darren Ward. The Peckham Beckham. The Peckham Beckham. I had the pleasure of speaking to Darren uh, two or three weeks ago. I think we did it, didn't we, now? Yeah. Because we, had, because we actually record all of these with a long lead-in time. Uh, this one, I tell you what, this one is well worth listening to. It was, yeah, I don't know how long the show runs to, 75 minutes, something like that, but it is absolute quality from start to finish he lifts the lid on a lot of things and he's quite open about stuff isn't he lads I think you both actually yeah. listen to yeah. it no it's definitely a worthwhile show to listen to definitely so uh, make sure you subscribe to us and then that will hit your inbox on Wednesday morning correct that's it I think we've run our course I think jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way oh what fun it oh, is to see Mill and I follow eh <laughs> 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 That's good on spontaneous. That note, on that note, yeah, he's been writing that one for months. Uh, I, I was a good spontaneous for me. Oh, what fun it is to see Mill and I follow. I think we'll leave it there, boys. I think thanks for tuning in, and obviously thanks to my two co-hosts as always. And we'll be back probably some point between Christmas and New Year's to talk about some football. Thanks, guys.
sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.